Hi, this is Pastor Bill Woods. I thought I'd come by and visit with you a little bit today. I want to talk about how we're here to finish the race. Everything changed on January 10th, 2020, when the nation and the world hit the panic button because of the COVID-19 or the coronavirus pandemic. Churches and businesses were shut down, many of which will never open again. Schools were closed. We were in lockdown in our homes. We had to wear masks and stand six feet apart, which now they're telling us the mask really didn't do any good. We had to stand in long lines to go shopping for groceries and supplies. I can remember standing in a line at Walmart in Winslow for almost an hour before I could get in. They were letting two people in at a time. Our fantastic economy at that time plummeted until now we have a money crisis and people lost and are still losing their homes because of all of that. Because of all this, people were lonely and horribly depressed. Suicide rates increased dramatically. A good portion of our population lost their incentive to live and just want to give up. Unfortunately, Many Christians were and are in that condition too. Listen, God is not glorified if we just lay down and quit. We are called to finish the race. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. In 1968, 55 years ago, the Olympics were held in Mexico City, Mexico. The world saw one man's amazing persistence. His name was John Stephen Aquari. He was from Tanzania, Africa. Came, he came to compete with the, the nations of the world where they gathered for the Olympic Games. Athletes came from all around the globe. Most had trained for years to compete in, this, uh, in the games that were going on there. Uh, Finally, the time had arrived for them to have the Olympics. The marathon, which is uh, run about 26.2 miles, while not always exciting to watch, is one of the most severe Olympic tests of human endurance. Many runners trained extensively for years to compete. The race began, and eventually the winner came running back into the Olympic Stadium, welcomed by the cheers from the appreciative fans, and soon other runners arrived as well, and eventually the race was over. Over, that is, except for one runner. A single lone runner was still out there on the course. Other track events continued in the stadium, and an hour passed. Finally, an hour and a half later, the final runner, an athlete from Tanzania, John Stephen Aquari, entered the stadium. His pace was slow. Aquari had cramped up because of the city's high altitude. Mexico City was about 6,000 feet higher in altitude than where he came from. 
He hadn't trained to run at such a high altitude back in his own country. At the 19-kilometer point during the 42-kilometer race, the runners were jockeying for position and he was bumped by one of the other runners. He fell badly, wounding and dislocating his knee. His shoulder hit hard against the pavement. By sheer grit, he got up and kept on running, finishing last among the 57 competitors who completed the race. 75 had started out, 57 had finished, and he was one of them because of grit. The winner of the marathon, Mamo Wald from Ethiopia, finished in 2 hours, 20 minutes, and 26 seconds. Akwari finished in 3 hours, 25 minutes, and 27 seconds. When there were only a few thousand people left in the stadium when he came in and the sun had already set, a television crew came out from the medal ceremony when they heard that there was one more runner about to finish. His steps were wobbly, his knee was bloody and bandaged and from that fall earlier in the race where he got bumped and knocked down. He looked terrible as he entered the stadium. The fans realized who he was and what he was doing, and they began to cheer as he made his way around the track and finally painfully crossed the finish line. Cheers swelled as the fans saluted this man's determination. Later he was asked why, when he knew he had lost the race by one and a half hours, why had he kept on running? His answer was simple. My country didn't send me 5,000 miles away to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish it. The Apostle Paul said that a crown of life is waiting for each of us who finishes the race. But finishing is much harder than starting. I mean, finishing means running day in and day out. Finishing means training and self-denial and staying focused on the goal. God hasn't put you here just to start. He's put you here to finish the race. I've known a lot of people who started out by making a commitment to Jesus Christ but got discouraged and dropped out. I've known pastors who have made that kind of decision. When I was in seminary, they told me that uh, three out of four pastors wouldn't finish. Only one out of... Uh, only... Well, three out of four. One quarter of the would finish, and, and I was one of them, went 50-some years, 54 years finishing. God has put you here to finish the race he's put you in. Keep running the good race. Some Christians get discouraged and want to drop out of the race because of turbulence in their lives. Turbulence is no reason to quit. It's a reason to bear down and try harder until you finish the race. Too many people are watching your life and depending on your faithfulness to endure to the end and receive the crown of life. <clears throat> Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, 
Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. I, I was reading one time a letter that was sent uh, home by a missionary. It's, it was called No Reason for Discouragement. John W. Yates shared this letter from the missionary who had gone into the jungles of New Guinea. He said, man, it's great to be in the thick of the fight, to draw the old devil's heaviest guns, to have him at you with depression and discouragement, slander, disease. He doesn't waste time. He hits good and hard when a fellow is hitting him. You can always measure the weight of your blow by the one you get back. When you're on your back with fever and at your last ounce of strength, when some of your converts backslide, when you learn that your most promising inquirers are only fooling, when your mail gets held up and some don't bother to answer your letters, is that the time to put on your morning suit? That's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. No, sir. That's the time to pull out the stops and shout, Hallelujah! The old fellow's getting in the neck and he's giving it back. And all of heaven is watching over the battlements. Will he stick it out? And as they see who is with us and as they see the impossibility of failure with God, how disgusted and sad they must be when we run away. Well, glory to God, we're not going to run away. We're going to stand. You know, turbulence can break us or, or make us stronger. Remember, we're now in training to rule with Jesus Christ for eternity. He isn't interested in recruiting and ruling with wimps. He wants us to have the backbone not only to start the race, but to finish the race. We are to mount up with wings as eagles. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31 have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary, his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and, and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Why the comparison to eagles? I mean, in the Bible, we're compared to sheep. and, and uh, why, why eagles? Well, because turbulent winds cause the eagle to fly higher. He doesn't go back to his nest and wait nest and way he just decides he's going to conquer that wind. Life's trouble should cause the Christian to fly higher to to seek a closer fellowship with the Lord. Trouble should cause us to draw nearer to God. Turbulent winds give the wind uh, give the eagle a larger view. When our lives are touched by troubles and we flee to God and begin to see the, resist, the reason and results of lower living, you know, we ought to realize that we don't want to live down there in the lower plains. We want to get as close to God as we can. Turbulent winds lift the eagle above the harassment from other birds of prey. As we walk with the Lord, it's difficult, if not impossible, for us to be harassed by the troubles or troubler of life as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. Turbulent winds allow the eagle to use less effort. 
we struggle the most when we live in lower spiritual altitudes. If we draw near to God, we will find how re really simple life is meant to be. Turbulent winds allow the eagle to stay up longer. When we experience fellowship with God, His peace, comfort, and love, we will want to remain close to Him. When troubles come, we learn immediately to stretch out our wings and fly high into the presence of the Lord. Turbulent winds help the eagle to fly faster. The more we soar above the cares and troubles of life, the more effective we will be in accomplishing the work God has called every Christian to do, which is glorifying Him and evangelizing the world in which we live. We need courage to keep on keeping on. Don't succumb to the little turbulence. Rise above it. That's why God compared us to eagles, because he expects us to, to be able to be above the circumstances, not beneath them, but above them. We're living through difficult times, that's true, but I want you to know God is still there. Even more difficult times are coming if we read the Bible correctly. We know as we approach the end times, the rapture of Jesus Christ, when he calls his church home, that those that are left behind are going to see times like we've never seen before. I want you to know, take the time now to get to know Jesus Christ as your Savior so you'll be ready when the Lord calls us home because you don't want to be here during the tribulation when the Antichrist has turned loose without restraints. You know, it's like Gaither choruses say, it will be worth it all when we get home. I'm going to try saying I've got a cold and it bothers me to try to do this, but I want you to hear this song. It will be worth it all just to see his face when he takes us for his own. Then ten million years to sing amazing grace. It will be worth it all when we get home. I'll try some other time to sing that for you when my voice isn't hoarse from, from uh, cold. Anyhow, remember, we're here to finish the race, not just start the race, to finish the race, to go in through the pearly gates and be victorious and win the crown that God has for us because the fact we belong to Jesus Christ, and he is more than conqueror. He expects us to share his victory with him. Don't give up. You might be having a rough time, but don't give up. Keep your eyes on the Lord and press toward the mark of the high calling of Jesus Christ. That he has a crown for you too. Listen, I want to pray with you just a minute. I wanted to make mention of the fact that my friend Fanetta at church fell the other day, broke her jaw, and got some other complications i'd like to have you pray for her she's a sweet lady and i just would ask that you'll pray for her as you're in your prayers and also there's some other requests that i know that uh, you have too and i just would ask please that you take time to pray and draw close to jesus christ dear father we thank you so much for the love that you have for us we thank you that we don't only start the race, but you will be with us to help us to endure and finish the race and be victorious. I'd ask for each one that's listening to me today, Lord, that they would be challenged 
to draw near to you, to know that you are the God of victory and they can depend on you for whatever they face, to stand with them, to give them strength to go on from here. I do pray for Fanetta that you'll touch her, encourage her. I know this is a, a big blow for her, but Lord, I pray that she'll put her eyes on Jesus Christ. She prays for her family. I pray that you'll be with them too. Help us all, Lord, that we might draw close to you. We'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much. I want to just ask you to keep praying, keep living the life where the Jesus wants you to live, and that we all one day might be able to be around the throne of grace, praising and, and singing our praises to him. By the way, if you need to get a hold of me, remember my email address, lowercase, R-E-V-W-M-W-W-O-O-D-S at gmail.com. You can write to me at Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. Or if you need to, you can call 623-845-2741. I hope that you'll find your way to a church tomorrow. I know a lot of people watch on TV, and that's good. You get some good messages. But there's nothing like the fellowship of other Christians. Remember, Proverbs tells us, iron sharpens iron. We need to have the fellowship of other Christians. And I hope you'll find a church where you can worship and where you can be a part of building God's kingdom. God bless you.